get ready to rock out with your talk out. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Moms and dads and, you know, the rest. Mm-hmm. Hey, Yins, guys. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. We are here to rock out with your talk out on the greatest, the guitars that rocked the world. Yes. They just, you know, there were no, we're not just talking about the brands. No. No, no, no. Now, yes, we are guitar nerds. Yes. But we're talking about the literal, actual, one-of-a-kind guitars. Played by some of the greatest guitar players. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be getting to that. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're going to be getting to that in, in a little bit here. As always, I'd like to start out by saying go to LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com. Check it out. All kind of cool stuff there. Uh, great uh, like back episodes, archive, and inter- interview archives. Um, acts, you know, all the stuff that you can't find on YouTube that we've done. Right. <clears throat> all, you know, just a lot of cool stuff. You can get access to our private... Uh, our privates. You get access to our privates. Yes, you do. Oh, by the way, I did say on the podcast, mm-hmm. on the uh, event posting on Facebook this week, the clothing was optional. Oh. He didn't get the memo, huh? I'm not wearing underwear. <laughs> How's that? So, anyways, <laughs> speaking of clothing, Lily V6 is bringing her car to get inspected on Friday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So. yeah you'll anyways. See, anyway, uh, you'll, you'll see her more than I have. I digress. Yes. But it is the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus website, LudiniRockandRollCircus.com. Enough of that. Give a shout-out to Wolf's Customs. They do amazing custom artwork on your electric guitar. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, interestingly, it's a good tie-in with today's show because some of these guitars do have... Custom. Interesting custom, yes. fin- custom yes. thing. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Blah. As always, we would like to give a shout out to Bones Magoo. There he is. His, uh, you know, that, that bundle of, uh, you know, mirth and enjoyment. Mm-hmm. That's one word for it. Mirth and enjoyment. <clears throat> uh, RockRageRadio.com. Download that app. Okay, lots of cool stuff going on 24-7 there, including Ludini Rock and Roll Circus, Hot Licks with Lily Six, all kind of fun stuff, so check it out. RockRageRadio.com and get the free app. Um, I was today years old. Oh, Pittsburgh Kevin is here. Hey, everybody. How you doing, Mr. Pittsburgh? I'm great. Um, so I was today's year, year today years old. Yeah. And what happened? When I learned... <laughs> That Bill Murray sure. was considered for the part of Max Cady in Cape Fear. What? He wa- yeah, he wanted to do it. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, he was. That would have been a totally different movie, I think. Oh yeah, hell yeah! Wow, hell yeah! Um, but wow. but uh, you know, Scorsese Scorsese um, cast his good buddy. Robert De Niro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's a fantastic choice. Um, sure. Uh, some other stuff I find out about um, that movie today was that both Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. and Reese Witherspoon auditioned for the part that Juliette Lewis... Oh, really? And, yeah. Juliette Lewis and um, uh, Robert De Niro were both nominated for Academy Awards wow. for that movie. <clears throat> um 
It's it's really good. Have you, when's the last have you watched it recently? It has been a long time. I, I think I At watched least it maybe ten years, maybe a year or two ago. Really? Yeah. I need. It's to a classic. It. It's really good. Oh, yeah. I want. It made me want. Every time I watch it, I go like, I want to watch the original with Gregory Peck yeah. and Robert. And Mitchum. I've seen that. Is it good? It's good. It's good. Yeah. But. Maybe it's just because it's from our era. Do you, do you know that that had an X rating when it was first released? Sexy. Yeah. It was considered yeah. really salacious. Mm, hey, no. Interesting. Uh, yeah. But yeah, um, so a couple of interesting facts also was they were concerned that De Niro, they wanted to make sure that De Niro looked intimidating. Uh-huh. Nick Nolte's actually taller than him. Okay. So they, of course, they did things where they're not quite standing next to right, each other. Right. They did that sort of thing. Uh, uh, Nolte lost a lot of weight for that. It's like the skinniest I've ever seen him. Yeah, anything. he's real small. And um, De Niro bulked up. Ah. Yeah, he did. All, you know, uh, the de- in order to get that accent that he had, he went around um, the South uh-huh. and Alabama and places yeah, like yeah. that. And with a tape recorder and interviewed people. And then he would play it back and practice. And practice the uh, And then accents. he would call Martin Scorsese in the middle of the night saying real creepy shit. <laughs> but those guys are really tight. They've been doing movies together for 40 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they've been doing mm-hmm. movies together forever. So they're, you know, they're, they're, they're bros. They're like me and Mr. Pittsburgh. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to call you tonight with a weird accent. That was an interesting thing I learned. This, uh, this um, I'll put it in the in the link a link in the show. Um, Minty Comedic Arts did a did the oh okay ten things you didn't know about mm-hmm, it, Cape Fear. Mm-hmm. It was very very interesting. You may go and check it out yourself. Uh, Mr. Pittsburgh, what's going on with you this weekend? Mm-hmm. Anything good? Oh, plenty of good stuff. Plenty of good stuff. You're um, not just saying that, are you? <laughs> why? Why do you have to ruin it? They almost bought it. This close to buying it. But anyway, uh, oh, hey, I could uh, I could tell you about uh, my little adventure. Uh, what day was it? Um, last Thursday, maybe? Remember, remember. Well, hold on. Hold on. Okay, so, yeah. It's, yeah. A fa- it's a family show, okay. Oh, I'll tell you the other one then. <laughs> <clears throat> but, uh, you know, I was just tired of sitting around in the old apartment. I'm like, I'm going to go out. I'm going to make a pilgrimage to a guitar shop. I'm just going to look. How many times have you said that, Lou? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So get down there. It's like going to a strip club, Sam. Just going to go look. No, wait a minute. I'm sorry. No, no, you, that, yeah, that's kind of forced. But anyway. That's enforced. (laughs) But I ended up going down to our friends down at Guitar Gallery here in Cannesburg, Pennsylvania, and found a couple of uh, guitars I really liked, and then sitting off in the corner, in the dark, sad, lonely. Oh, no. Yeah. Was uh, it was an Epiphone Les Paul? That's exactly what happened in my pants. <laughs> and it's really cool. It's uh, it's a 2010, but the uh, the hardware is like very. Nice. He's talking about the guitar, not what's in his pants. Well, not what's in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I was gonna say it was patinaed. It's n- it's not that old, but uh, like the pickup covers and the the stop uh, bar and stuff, very nice and patinaed. And, uh, they gave me a really good deal, and it came with a hard shell case. You know I'm a sucker for a hard shell case. But uh, Isn't that a song by Van Halen? Sucker I'm a sucker for a hard shell case. That's exactly the song. <laughs> but uh, it, the funny thing is, it's it's black. It's ebony. And so now I have four ebony Les Wait a minute. Wait, what, what do you mean by the the, the thing it is? The funny is it's black. Because I have three other black ones. What are you trying to say? 
Once you go black, you <laughs> never go back, Lou. That's what I'm trying to say. What do you mean by you people? You people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yes, I ended up picking up another guitar because, you know, you can never have too many. And we've said this many times before. You get home, you plug it in, you just start playing stuff you didn't know you knew or absolutely just you just totally inspired it's a very nice guitar so i'm very happy about that um very cool speaking of guitars yes um my thursday yes started it was my wednesday or my thursday started out with yes knocking over my custom shop les paul Mm. and breaking the fucking headstock of course oh i've had you know how many les paul's I've had over the years how many guitars I've had over the years how many gigs I played and shit's got thrown around and all right, that kind of stuff right. it was a fucking sweatshirt caught the headstock and knocked yep. it over I saw it happen I'm like no 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 oh fuck and it made a terrible sound yeah, and I'm like did. please don't be broken please don't be fucking broken it was yeah it was in pain it was like Jesus and a ball's nut but I saw I saw the picture it's a clean break it's gonna be an easy fix for you you'll be fine you'll be fine it'll be fine we'll all be I'm fine I'm gonna call the guy from Empire yeah, Aaron. Yeah, yeah, I heard a. Um, um, he got he, two people recommended him. T- uh, you were telling me that Tim. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, but and so did Scott Tallarico from the okay. uh, guitar show. Yeah, <clears throat> he uh, he recommended him as well. Uh, I was another person, but I'm not. Let me say this: I know somebody that mm-hmm. had a Les Paul with the next uh, with the right. headstock break. Yes. And he took it to a person at a music store okay. who fixed it. Sure. And then it broke again. Oh. Um, so. Don't use that. And I glue. thought that I thought that he told me that it was a person who worked at the music store that this other person. Okay. Who's being recommended. Yes. Now, that may not be this. This is many, 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 many years sure. ago. Sure. So it may not even be the same person. Right. You know, but I still there's a there's a, uh, uh, a company in Pittsburgh that fixes PA systems that fucked up a guitar amplifier of mine when I like 40 years ago. Right. And I still haven't forgiven them. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm like, I will never send exactly. a piece of equipment to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Ever again. Yeah, yeah. Ever again. Well, Aaron, uh, the one that you're thinking about, he's the one that basically created the Frankenstein. He's the one that rewired it for me, and a very cool dude. He uh, no, it's an Epiphone. the The Frankenstein, Frankenstein is an Epiphone, and he called me. He goes, "Hey man, um, so I'm putting your guitar together and everything." I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "Yes, yeah, so I took the selector switch plate off and everything." I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "They really fucked up that hole at the in the in the factory." I mean, he's very honest about it. I'm like, well, if we put the selector switch back on, can you see where they fucked up? He goes, no, they hit it pretty well. I'm like, thank you for being honest with me and let me know what's going on. But yeah, Aaron's a really good guy, man. I I, I think he'll be fine. Do you feel like a we do? Yeah. Speaking of speaking of classic guitars, we're going to talk mm-hmm, about the mm-hmm. uh, uh, Framptons. Uh, sure. Phoenix. Phoenix, exactly. Uh, here in a second. We'll, maybe yes. we'll start with that. A couple other things real quick. I did uh, in, uh, take in some other uh, audiovisual entertainment. Oh, my. This week, including. Yes. Um, okay. Now, it, it, well, uh, there's a lot of negative reviews and everything about this movie called 65 with Adam Driver. Okay. <clears throat> and um, I think that people are going into kind of with the wrong expectation it's n- it, there are dinosaurs in it, but it's not a dinosaur movie. <laughs> it's not a dinosaur. Okay. 
that's really not what it's about. It's a, it's a, it's actually there's four people in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a personal kind of story. Okay. Um, and I think that like did they. they I got what they were doing, but I think a lot of people didn't. And I think when a lot of people don't get what you're doing with your movie, it means you didn't do it right. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. You need you need to somehow like it was a good idea. Yeah. It was a very kind of cool Looked idea. It on paper. Yeah, it was like a cool idea. And there are heart really heartfelt moments. It's a it's a kind of touching story. It's not um, it's not a, a like a you know kind of man versus nature stories like the Jurassic Park movies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or you know uh, you know science against nature or whatever. It doesn't yeah, have any yeah. of that kind of thing at all. The fact that there are dinosaurs. In fact, he doesn't even know that these are dinosaurs. He's to, he's an alien who's crash landed on this planet oh. sixty five million years ago. Okay, <clears throat> you know, and um, so to him, they're just they're the refers to him is a hostile alien life forms. Okay, so which I think like there's a lot of neat sure. stuff like that, and there are genuine moments of of suspense. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem, one of the problems, is it just one of the things they did was they needed to up the budget and actually maybe have a few more dinosaurs because oh. it was like. Is that, are they not, you know, are they, they're, yeah. no, no, they're dinosaurs. Oh, they're, there there's one, dinosaurs. There's one. There's yeah, one. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. it could have been a little bit, a little bit richer on, um, on, on dinosaurs. Another criticism, and I have to address this. Um, criticism of is like, he, ma- they made up dinosaurs that don't exist. Okay, listen. First of all, you know how hard it is for something to fossilize. Yeah, it like takes the exact right conditions. It uh-huh. doesn't happen all the uh-huh. time. Uh-huh. So the it's it's kind of a miracle that we have the dinosaur specimens oh, that we yeah. have. Yeah, it's kind of like you know we're kind of really lucky just to have those. So there could be tons of uh, critters that 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 came and went. We right. we, we may no never idea. ever ever know mm-hmm. about. They didn't yep. leave any fossils. Or, or their fossils are buried in such a way we'll never find them. Whatever. Um. So you know, there's. I, I thought they were neat. I thought mm-hmm. I thought it like made it more interesting. Okay. You know, I just I you know, but there's a lot of people that are, like kind of crying about that. I think it's okay. I went in with very low expectations and was like, okay, I get I get what they're doing. You know, it isn't great. It isn't like amazing. I would say like C plus. Okay. So if you had a chance to yeah. watch it for free on a streaming thing, you, you, it might appeal to you. Like, oh no, that mm-hmm, was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like okay with. All I right, felt it. It's it's quick. You're, it's an hour and thirty three minutes. So it's not like some okay. that epic they're yeah, throwing yeah, out. It's yeah. an hour and a half, ninety minutes. About three hours long. long. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So uh, that's real quick. I just wanted to mention that. The other thing I got to mention that is fucking the coup, uh, the coup de grace right now is Rabbit Hole with Kiefer Sutherland. <clears throat> oh. This is a really oh, okay. awesome. This is a twisted turning. Just as soon as you think you know what's going on, you go, uh-huh. wait a minute, I don't well, know what's going on here. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, like it's really, it's like, it's really neat. It's, it's, it's very, very cool. I can't even really describe it. So check it out. It's, it's, I think it's like, it, and they did it, you know how I remember on, when they did 24, like mm-hmm. they made they made almost everyone a cliffhanger. So you right. losing your mind yes. all fucking yes. week. You know, you, so. are, you, are gonna, you are not going to miss it. Right. You know, well, this has the same thing. Okay. At every, the end of every episode is like, you got to be fucking kidding. You know what I mean, it's like I want to know what's gonna happen. It's good. It's really good. It's super oh, fun. Cool, cool. Um, and I saw an old movie with Jody uh, Joe DeFoster. Oh, Joe DeFoster. Joe sure, DeFoster. Sure. Uh, Flight Plan. I don't know anybody uh, remember, yes, remembers this. Yes. Steven yes. Skarsgård is in it. So is Sean Bean. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of actors who were popular at the early part of the two thousand. Like Sean Bean had a giant career because of Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And um, it is, 
It's pretty good. It's kind of Hitchcockian. Right. It's pretty. Did you see it? I, I have not seen it, but I remember it. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's pretty good. Okay. I was like, damn, this was all right. It was okay. Yeah. I was like, well, and I I was kind of on a little bit of a Jodie Foster kick because yes, I watched I know, the Brave One. That's yeah, really yeah. good. But you forget. Like, damn, that's right. The bitch is a good actress. She's a really she good plays actress. a mother who can't find her daughter, and like, you know. She acts crazy, but like you think about it, like I, you know, like you you and, lost and, your kid. Well, you listen to you. I know, I've like dated like single mothers, you know, mm-hmm, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like you don't fuck with the kid. I've helped like, single mothers get their start. Yeah. <laughs> sure. yeah. da, 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 da. There you go. <laughs> oh lord. Come on, Ludini. Oh, my gosh. So, and Star Wars fans need to shut the fuck up. Dude, you guys are going to ruin it. You're going to kill it. You're going to kill it. All this fighting, just, you're taking it too seriously. Joy. Listen, listen to me. I love, I love Star Wars, yeah. but it is a story about space wizards for children. Yeah. Okay. I'm 56 year old. I'm going to be, how old am I going to be? 56. I'm going to be 56 years old yeah. in a few weeks. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I get it. I have a life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, get a life. It's really, like, not that big of a deal. Yeah, simmer, simmer down, as they say. As the kids today say. Simmer down. Um, but, uh, so you got an Epiphone standard, and then you yeah. watched the documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had talked about it last week, how I have a whole bunch of DVDs. And um, one, of, one of my favorites... Is a DVD called uh, a band called Death. Kind of kind of strange, but uh, what the story is, Death, the band called Death was a proto punk band consisting of three brothers from Detroit, Michigan. They formed in 1964 as a funk band, but then they switched to a rock band after seeing the Who in concert. The three brothers are Bobby, Dennis, and David Hackney. Uh, now. You understand, they're in the middle of Detroit, Motown. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yes. And here these guys are playing who like rock and roll. So this did not fly very well. Um, but if you go back and listen to their, their first album, really their only album, if you listen to it closely, it's punk rock. Because the songs are very fast, very short, right to the point, and very hard-hitting. Um, so the name death came from the fact that their, um, their dad passed away and their older brother, David decided to name the band after death because this really affected him. The problem is that when they would go to get contracts or, or things like that, the, the companies go, we really like your sound. It's really unique. It's really fresh. It's funky and fresh. Uh, what's the name of your band? They're like, it's death. They're like, no, you got to change the name of the band. We can't sell an album called death right so they lost out on contracts um they did record a con uh wait a minute yes you go know how ahead just get the fucking music business change a goddamn name well I see mean, yeah, that's <laughs> i'm sorry dude that's not know, some story i know of, i, know. I watched the, the documentary of, 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 of you fucking idiot of, of yeah idiot idiocy not I- idiocracy <laughs> idiocracy yeah uh they did re- uh record a demo um 1975 so you know, I'm going to give you, and then the band broke up in 77 because David, the oldest, didn't want to name, you know, change the name of the band. Uh, basically, what happened, what had happened was, Lou, that these original recordings got stored in their mother's attic. But there's a couple of these singles out there, 
And you know how college radio stations are. They would, hey, let me play this. And this band called Death had like kind of an underground following. Um, and just dumb luck, the uh, the brothers, uh, uh, one of their kids was going to college, heard the song, and he's like, I think I think that's my dad and, and my uncles. And so it had this resurgent. The band, unfortunately, David died. Um, but, uh, gave them a real resurgence. They kind of reformed and now they're out. But I want to tell you about one of my favorite scenes of this documentary. And it's, they go back to where they recorded their, their demo and they walk into this old abandoned recording studio. And as soon as they walk past the board, I'm like, oh, it's a Neve. Oh, it's a like Neve. Yeah. You could totally tell it's a Neve. And it's funny because, <clears throat> Remember the, the, uh, the Dave Grohl movie, the Dave Grohl movie Sound City, where they talk about the Neve recording console, right. right? Well, there's a smaller version in this place, right? And it's really funny because remember the band Fear? Yes. Yeah. They have a song called I Don't Care About You. Okay. It's essentially the same chord structure as a band called Death's Keep On Knocking, right? So what I did is I, I downloaded both songs and I listened to Fear and I'm like, yeah, it's fucking kick ass man punk rock yeah and then it goes right into a band called death and immediately you can hear and feel the warmth of that neve console and i'm like that is so cool but anyway so yeah so if uh folks out there listening and get a chance to see the documentary a band called death it's very touching uh very inspirational and if you i mean these guys were around before the clash they were around before the ramones the sex pistols just go watch the documentary and you're going to have a good time. I guarantee it or your money back. So that's what I did the other day. Watched a band called death. What era was it? So they formed like when they were just kids back in 1964, um, they recorded their uh, demo, their little record, couple of records, 1975. Okay, wait a minute. Now yes. that makes a lot more sense. Yes. Why in the sixties? Yeah. We can't have a band called death. Right. <clears throat> record labels wouldn't sign. Like, and by the time you get to the 80s, though. Like yeah, like if punk this rock did, and all that. Once yeah, punk yeah. had really started, like they, they would have been a big, they would have been, yeah. been like, oh, you're called Death Call! Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a really cool little documentary, so check it out if you get a chance. Oh, yeah, baby, yeah, baby. All right. A band called Death. I was not a song by a band called Death. That was just me. That was just you fit, walking fit, around. Fit, 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 what did you think about that? As you spoke, I was trying to play some I meaningful stuff really you know, behind you. I almost wanted to start singing, but then that would have ruined the feeling. It's more, Mr. Pittsburgh, it's more than a feeling. It is more than a feeling. <laughs> I thirst. Then drink. <clears throat> I, well... Yes. I don't want to spread rumors. Oh, boy. But I just ran across some kind of headline today, something about Sammy Hagar says he's going to live to be 115 years old. Is he placing bets? Because I will take the bet that he won't. <laughs> um, well, he's one, he is one of those like guys. Who's trying, yeah, he's exactly. Really take care of. I'm not saying he's going to live to 150, but like, I think it's cool to have a sort of like you know kick-ass attitude like that. You know? did, you ever, did you ever read Mad Magazine as a kid? A couple. I caught. Yeah, it. I, I got saying, my hands on a couple. Of well, them. it's funny. I was, I was, you know, checking out the news today, and I can't remember the guy Al Jaffe or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I I assumed he was long gone. No, he passed away yesterday at 102. So there, you know, maybe Sammy's got something going on. Yeah, here. you never know. You never yeah. know. Good you luck, know, Sammy. You know, I mean, you know, Bill Shatner oh is my. still like he's in his late. He 80s. went to space. 
And he... <laughs> and for real! For real, in his 90s. That's awesome, Bill. And he's... Uh, what do you call it? Like, he's still doing stuff. He oh, shows yeah. up as an announcer on uh-huh. different uh-huh. hosting uh-huh. this and that, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, so, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, Stay so active. Any cool. Anyway, so... Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I just wanted to add one more thing, dude, sure. about... You know, the people that all, all y'all that are crying about, you know, the Lord of the Rings yeah. and Star Wars and the you know all that stuff. Yeah. E- even the great myths. Mm-hmm. I've read this awesome book on myth um, a couple of years ago. It's very nerdy. It's actually a book that people like that gets used in colleges as a textbook. That's okay. How nerdy okay. It is. Right. Right. But she went into great detail <clears throat> about all the different legends of, you know, as she started with like the uh, like the, the Greek myths, mm-hmm. the Roman myths. Mm-hmm. The, uh, um, Come on, you can do it. The, it's in there. Is Icelandic? Is that the sure, word I want for not? and all that jazz? Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Norse. 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 That's the word I want. Um, it, because of all those myths. And it's very interesting because like. There, yes, there's the trials of Hercules, right? Mm-hmm. But there, depending on who wrote the story, there were different versions and different outcomes, and things went differently, you right. know, in different stories. They and sometimes these characters were a little bit different. They were a little different kind of people, and then from another from another version. So that's that's what people who pick up on a myth and want to retell the story. That's what they do. Yeah, they make it their own. They put their own spin on it. Y'all got to calm down on Star Wars and everything. Like, first of all, it's too much Star Wars. I'm like, come on, guys, with the Star Wars. Like, there's other shit out there, you know. But I mean, I get these are contemporary myths. You know, pe- yeah. people are gonna want to jump in and tell. Uh, one of the th- I'll, I'll to give you a real quick thing was, you know, this today. I'm sure, sure these guys are probably the biggest hit at a Star Trek convention. But in, when I went, so was, went to a few Star Trek conventions in my youth, mm-hmm. in there was youth? these there was these people that would show up with paintings. Of Kirk and Spock, like in oh, erotic, yes. <laughs> you know, situations with each other, and there was a lot of people who were really scandalized by that. You yeah. know what I mean? They were like, "I can't believe they let them in." Except like for that. George Takei, <laughs> oh, he was probably his my. thing. Can I buy that from you? So, like today, of course, that would probably be the whole Star Trek adventure. Exactly, That'd be yeah. the focal yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but back then, people were really, you know. Um, scandalized by that, you know, but that is an that is an example of taking the myth and, and personalizing it to mm-hmm. what you want mm-hmm. with it. Yes. So if you were going to do that, just relax, man. Just space down. wizards for children. Exactly. Space wizards exactly. for children. Calm down. So speaking of space wizards, let's yes. talk about the Phoenix. Okay. Not that Phoenix. Not no, Phoenix, no, no. Arizona. No, no. But let's talk about. No. And I thought maybe you'd want to say something about this a little bit. This is it's Peter Frampton's list. triple sure. pickup. Yeah. Uh, Gibson Les Paul. Right. Now, do you have like the information as to what originally it was? And all so that? it was a look. I don't even have to look. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, I, I have some little tidbits here. All right. So Peter Frampton back in the day was playing a, uh, a semi hollow body three thirty five, and at lo- you know very high volume, it would feed back exactly. And every time he'd like turn up to do a lead, right. So he's at one, I think it might, was it the Fillmore? I can't remember exactly where it was, but he's having this trouble with his guitar. So after the gig, one a, a fan comes Ex- up to You him. should explain, though, why he was at the Fillmore. 
he was the guitarist in Humble Pie. Exactly. And that's a, that's an See, iconic that's why album. You're here to help me. M- out. Humble Pie Live at the Fillmore is one of those yes. like yes. landmark yes. albums. It's it's absolutely killer. The, him and Marriott's guitar tones on that are insane. It's one of the most and they're singing. Nobody went fucking back and re-recorded anything. That's what they that fucking sounded, sounded like. like. And they're fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's balls out rock. And Marriott's voice is just like like Aretha Franklin. It's fucking amazing. Aretha. Go ahead. You Sorry, Aretha I digress. Franklin. No, no, you're absolutely correct. So after the first show, because there was, a, I guess they did a couple of shows for the recordings and whatnot. Uh, a fan comes up to Peter and says, now I notice you having some trouble with your feedback. Pete's like, yeah. He goes, look, I have a I have a solid body guitar at home. I can bring it tomorrow and let you try that. And Pete's like, I'm really not into solid, solid body guitars. He goes, trust me, let me let me bring it. So next day, guy brings in his case, opens it up, and it's, the, it's what we now call the Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix started out as a 1954 Les Paul Custom, had single coil pickups, but this guy had it refinished black, and he had um, triple pickups put in it. So Pete tried it. Wait he, a minute. Yes. It didn't come like that from Gibson? No, no, no. 1954, nope. they were... Yeah. They, they, they weren't making... But they did start making a triple pickup Les Paul at one point. In 1957. In 1957. Yes, okay. that was a custom. Yeah, but this guy wanted a triple pickup, um, so he had some, a luthier routed out and wire it, okay? So... Pete loves this guitar. Doesn't feedback at all sounds beautifully. He goes to the guy. He goes, look, I love this guitar. He goes, what do you want? I'm going to, I want to buy it off you. What do you want? The kid gave it to him. It was a gift, right? Oh yeah. So that is the guitar that everybody sees on the cover of Frampton comes alive. The guitar that got me interested in Les Paul's because I thought that that particular guitar could actually talk. Cause you know, I was like 11. I didn't know no better. Right. But uh, here's the story about the Phoenix. Okay, I wanted you, but there's a reason why it's called the Phoenix. There's a reason why it's called the Phoenix, <laughs> and I wondered why because yeah, I for years, like into the '80s and '90s, I never really saw him playing that guitar. And then Gibson reissued it, and then he was playing it again. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, what had happened, Lou, was in 1980. Uh, I think they were down in South America and uh, playing concerts. And uh, all their gear was loaded onto a cargo plane. The plane took off and then promptly fell to the ground, burst into flames. So, sadly... To be shot down in flames. Shot down in flames. Shot down in flames. Um, So, unfortunately, pilot, co-pilot died. Crew members died. uh, And all the equipment was lost. He died. She died. Everybody dies. It'll be be chaos. Um, So, all the equipment's lost. Okay? So, we're going to go 32 years into the future... 32 years. 32 years, Lou. Two minutes Not... later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, See, like other channels, like we'll have the soundbite. I just no, make just it with do my it fu- ourselves. Yeah, we just do it ourselves. Fuck we them. We cut sound. out the middleman. Um, Pete gets a call from a guy. He goes, um, I think I found your Les Paul. And Pete's like, No, it was destroyed. He goes, No, there's a guy down in South America who has a music shop in this guy brought his guitar in to be rewired because it wasn't working right and the guitar the, the guitar shop owner is like this really looks like Peter Frampton's guitar and he like checks the serial number it's 1954 and he checks all the different things and it's beat beat the hell and back but it's Pete's guitar um, so what, what had happened Lou I love saying that 
is yeah, the plane went down, burst into flames, but a bunch of locals ran in and grabbed whatever they could out of the plane, including Peter Frampton's triple pickup Les Paul. So through some negotiations and uh, guarantees to this guy that he would not get in trouble because he had this guitar, uh, I think uh, Pete actually traded him a brand new Les Paul custom for it. Um, Peter Frampton got the guitar back, took it to Gibson. Gibson's like, we can completely refinish it for you. And, and, and Peter's like, no, you know what? Just make sure the electronics work and whatnot. Set up right. Yeah, Fred's exactly. Okay. So if you Two see it, like and part, of, part of the headstock uh, inlays are missing and things like that. But uh, yeah, Pete, after 32 years, got his guitar back. That's why they call it the Phoenix, because it rose from the ashes, ashes of that plane crash. Just like magic. <laughs> It was just like magic, just like magic. Oh, my God. Um, Let's talk, you know. Let's talk about sex. Baby, let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about Blackie. Oh, (laughs) no, no. Um, I I didn't say, let's talk about Blackie. I didn't say that. I said, let's talk about Blackie. Blackie is Eric Clapton's famous black Stratocaster. Mm -hmm. He named it Blackie. It's green. (laughs) <laughs> it's not green. It's not green. It's, it's Shut black. up. You're fucking all up. I know. What are you going to do? Um, most uh, recognized and, uh, and associated musical instruments with guitarists is in the history of the electric guitar. Yes. Um, it was un- used uninterruptedly um, for Eric Clapton for like a complete decade and mm. a half. Um, he liked and, and then finally, like it was just too beat. He did. He re- yeah, you couldn't refret it anymore. Or he couldn't do anything. Like it had to go. Yeah. Uh, he, he says, "I feel like go. the guitars become a part of me. The offer me guitars and to be an endorser from time to time. Like a regular guitar maker tried to interest me in a quite revolutionary guitar. I tried it, liked it, and I played it on stage. I really liked it. But while I was doing it, I was thinking, well, Blackie is there. So if I get." too into this guitar it's complicated because I won't be able to go back to Blackie and what will happen to that right and that is what happens with guitars yes. you develop a relationship with them yes um, all this happens while my head while I'm playing I can be miles away thinking about these things and suddenly I turn off and say this is enough no more nice new guitar sorry you're very kind <laughs> but that's when I hang <sighs> that's when I hang back on the old woman guitar and suddenly it's like jumping into a pool of warm water yes uh, yeah, Eric was in America around the 70s when he visited a musical instrument store in Nashville. Mm-hmm. A store called Showbud had several mm-hmm. old guitars, if you prefer vintage. Uh, there, Slowhand bought his first, uh, bought, his, bought a six uh, Fender, excuse me, bought six Fender Stratocasters that were built in 1950, which he played, uh, paid a ridiculous price. <laughs> Between two and three hundred dollars a piece. <laughs> Outrageous! Outrageous! Yeah. I guess back in 1970, yeah, it was. Exactly. They were used used guitars. What the hell are you paying money for old guitars? Just give them to me. Uh, Then, uh, back in England, uh, out of the six threats, he he gifted to musicians. He gifted three of them to musicians. George Harrison, Pete Townsend, and Steve Winwood. With the three remaining guitars, Clapton was testing uh, each of the parts, making the selection of them. Thus, he took the body of the 56, the neck of the 57, and the pickups from the third guitar, and thus was born Clapton's Blackie, one of the most recognized and admired instruments in history. He ruined it. 
You modified and it. Let's maybe have a little taste <laughs> of Blackie. Let's do you that. Want a little shall taste we? of Blackie. Do it. Who's playing the tambourine? Me. Sounds good. Yeah. Professional. But that is, uh, that's Blackie in action. Yeah. Right there. <clears throat> Very iconic. Very iconic guitar. And Clapton was seen with that guitar, like, you Everywhere. know. Um, oops, that's the Phoenix. We skipped to the wrong. Let me get out of. Hey, we're, uh, we're professionals we're here. Don't try this at all. I need, okay. There we go. Uh, the guitar uh, has had history of minor wow. and normal maintenance and repairs. It has had more than one uh, uh, re- re-entry? They can't. What does that mean? I don't understand the one re- re-entry job. What, what, what's a re-entry job? Well, uh, pickup adjustments, among others. Uh, another change. Uh, I'll... I don't think I don't the person know. who wrote this a thing. I don't think they it speak speaks English. English. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but they put in a three positions uh, s- uh, selector switch and fa- changed out uh, the the uh, controls, the, the pots, the potentiometers, mm, as they call. Yes. Yes. Uh, the neck of the guitar wouldn't res- res- uh, wouldn't stand anymore by by the mm-hmm. uh, by the, about the mid nineteen eighties. Um, and it ended up only becoming used a few times. Was finally auctioned with other men's instruments of the blues legend in 2004. Blackie was sold to Christie's for nine hundred and fifty-nine thousand dollars in order to finance the Crossroads Center and Addiction Rehabilitation Center. Uh, the clap, the Clapton's been big into addiction yeah, his whole yeah. life. Um, if you were lucky enough to see him in the seventies, you could have caught him on some of the shows where he just laid down, stopped playing on the stage. And the band would have to play the rest of the show. He's so drunk. <laughs> oh man, he's just like oh, you know, Eric. You know, Eric Clapton. That's so like, Eric. <laughs> I'm just saying. He's like you know one of our you know great legends. Do you have another pick? Yes, my next pick. Now we you know I talked about how um, the Phoenix was what got me into Les Pauls. The guitar that got me into guitars was listening to Queen, Brian May. In his Red Special. So, Red Special, uh, if you've ever, that's like all he plays. It's very rare for you to see. Uh, um, yes. Crazy little thing called Love Video. He plays Telecaster. Acu- Telecaster. Yeah, that's what I said. It's very rare for him to play anything other than that. But back back, back when this man was a young boy, he couldn't afford, he, had a, you know, he lived in a poor place family couldn't afford to He's go out and buy just a, a poor boy from a poor family exactly <laughs> right i've heard that before but he wanted an electric guitar so his father and he his far father harold um, harold, harold, harold harold they decided to make a guitar so they basically took shit <laughs> not shit but things from around the house uh and crafted this guitar You don't know Dragon Attack? It's a badass jam. That's a nice... It's a nice... They're nice boys. I, I was just digging on it. Um, but, like, parts of the guitar are, like, from a mantelpiece that they took down, the wood from the mantelpiece. Uh, springs for the trem uh, from a bicycle seat. I mean, just whatever he could find to build this guitar, 
they ended up building. He it was built in 1963. He's been using it ever since. But it's the same thing. I mean, just the way he has the pickups wired, the way he can select the polarity and uh, and all that good stuff of the pickups gave the guitar a very distinctive sound. And I can remember hearing things like Killer Queen for the first time going, is that a violin? What is that? And it was the Red Special. See, like, this part's not featuring the guitar at all. And that's the bass guitar. I thought there was going to be a solo right here. I would have put a solo right here. <laughs> a minute 56 into it. Fuck yeah, that's where I thought the solo was going to yep. be. So I beg your pardon. Bass solo. There, there we are. We I go. Knew. Jeepers. There it is. That is what we would call in the music, in the guitar world, sick tone. <laughs> exactly. That is fucking sick as fuck. Well, like I said, when I first heard it as a kid, I'm like, is that an electric guitar? Is that a violin? What is that? Because it was so beautiful. And I'm like, that, I, I think I want to learn how to play guitar. And then I got my little JCPenney $79 Global, and it sounded nothing like Just that. Like, <laughs> sounded and all of a sudden, nothing like I was that. in a Brian May tribute band. <laughs> But anyway, that's that's my next pick is the Red Special Brian May. Is it really homemade guitar? Him and his dad. <sighs> I, I don't dad know about it. any of that. I just think that you just might be full of shit. I don't think so. I don't think, I don't so. think so. I think so. Right. <laughs> well, speaking of some really yes. Yeah, like distinctive oh, here tone. Go. I know where you're going with this one. Let, let, what, 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 let me like, on ask your sort of opinion on 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 this right here. Okay. So that's a kind of a clean guitar tone. Very keep, nice. Keep in mind, yeah. though, yeah. that is just the volume turned down I on the guitar. Know. This this was in the day. There were no pedals. Oh, there was none of that. Know. You know what I mean? He, he His Marshall is all the way up. Right. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about. Just let me know if you're going to go to that whole mile Rain. Got got a lot of nice skills. Skills. Yes, sir. And, um, <clears throat> turn it up. Um, Jimi Hendrix loved this man's guitar playing. He, mm -hmm. Him mm -hmm. and Billy Gibbons were friends. This is Billy Gibbons, by the way, is the next on our list here. And we want to talk about the guitar that he's playing that he played live for years. Now, mm -hmm. Billy is a guitar aficionado, and he always says, like, 
you know, lots of people play, play real weird guitars. Right, you know right, I mean? right. He had a uh, contract with Zine, and they made the crazy, you know, the, yes. you know, sort of Dean the Baby Z or whatever that right. was, you know. And he played all those things. But his number one is a guitar he calls Pearly Gates. Right. It's a 1959 Les Paul. So you want to know the story behind the name? Uh, why don't you go ahead and give the story behind the name? All right. Now, I'd always, I'd always heard that the very simplified version of the story was that he owned a uh, car. And to finance by buying this guitar, he sold the car. And the car had the nickname of Pearly Gates. That's all I knew. Well, there's a little more to the story. So, yes, he owned a 30 Packard. 39. Was it a 39 Packard? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not looking at my notes, Lou. That's okay. It's fine. I'm just. No, uh, I'm not looking at my notes. Just go with it. Just go with it. I, didn't right, mean, I shouldn't interrupt you. Go I'm ahead. So You're sorry, Lou. No, Lou. We want to be completely accurate on this podcast. Oh, Craig, you bad. But anyway, <laughs> so. Oh, Craig. <laughs> you a bad man. You a bad Dean. man, Craig. So, what, what had happened was. Um, <laughs> A girlfriend, um, uh, I don't know if it was, thank you. She sounded just like that when she laughed. I know, right? She wanted to go to Hollywood to audition for a movie, but had no way of getting there. So Billy lent her the car, and she drove this 39 Packard all the way there and made it. And they're like, you actually made it to Hollywood from, like, <laughs> Texas? That's fantastic. Um, so they nicknamed the car Pearly Gates because, obviously, it was heaven sent. Right. right? And then once she got there and kind of got established, she sold the car, sent the money back to Billy. And just at that time, somebody was selling a 1959 Les Paul. And uh, that's the money he used. So that's like the full story, which I'd never known the whole story. I just knew there was a car. It's called Pearly Gates, blah, blah, blah. But yes, yes, Billy Gibbons and Pearly Gates. Probably one of the, one of the more famous. There might, might be one more more famous than this one, but. This is a very famous Les Paul from that era. It is. Um, it, Gibson originally sold this guitar from the factory with, with flat wound strings. <laughs> I don't know. Like, well, I saw, you know, Rhett Shaw always thinks that he has to, like, be all this. But he did a video. I didn't watch it because I have to turn away from him for a little while. Sometimes, yeah. Um, about, you know. Because you know, his videos all have that title, like like if you don't try flat wound strings, you're the biggest fuck up there is. <laughs> like yeah. it has these video titles that, like you know, if you know, like mm -hmm. one the other day was like something like, um, you know, you uh, why you absolutely need a Telecaster. Look, I love Telecaster. Yeah, but, but nobody absolutely, absolutely needs a Telecaster. Need take, take, dude, dial it back, dial it back, dial Just it back. A little. Take it back just a little bit, please. Uh, oh, and also had a, an extra set of black diamond flat wounds in it. Remember black diamond strings? Yes, yes. Yeah, I might have a set or two laying around here. <laughs> um, sell those for top dollar now. Yeah, the, there was a love note in the guitar case from the from the from the original owner, uh -huh. and it said, "I like what you do. Meet me later. You might like what I can do." Well, he kept yeah. it in the case and everything. He was in the case. That's yeah. awesome. Over the years, the instrument uh, has acquired a patina mm -hmm. of scatches and scapes and dangs and ding dongs. Uh, ding what they call dong. buckle rash on the back. Wow. Thrash rash, as Billy calls it. Mm -hmm. um, following in the footsteps of Clapton, Segovia, and others, Gibson grew. Uh, Gibbons grew out of uh, out the fingernails on his right hand. What I hadn't accounted on was the fingernail yeah. of the little finger and started digging it into the pickguard, leaving scratches. Yep. 
it's, it's it's he has the guitar, still has it. It's still a hundred percent stock. Nice, which is rare, right? Because yeah. guitar players can never leave well enough alone. No, no. Want to change the pickup? Want to change this? Want to change that? The tuning pegs. <laughs> that's well. I mean, that's one thing that Leo Fender totally got right. The guitarist like the tinker. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. What What's the expression? The only difference between men and boys is the size and the price of their toys, right? Exactly. <laughs> so it's like they're just big right toys. You are. That's what these things are. Um, <clears throat> but it is still around. Um, there was a Japanese a gentleman who offered Billy $5 million U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said it was an attractive offer. But then again, I spent plenty of money putting together a collection of guitars attempting to find something to replace Pearly. And it just hasn't nope. happened yet. Nope. That's what led to uh, the uh, closest full of hardwood. The closest full of hardwood. Closet. That I have, closet full of hardwood that yeah. I have. Thank you for helping me out. You're there. welcome, buddy. Closest in cl- closet. I, you know. You're very close. I, I'm very, we're very, very close, close in closet. spelling. In spelling. Spelling. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, oh, uh, that guitar is a miracle. It's it's like mm-hmm. well, in his hands, Jesus Christ. Yeah, like I mean, that yeah. like the second like you heard that guitar, you knew, you knew, like who, you know, it, was. who it was. I mean, just like yeah. it's it's not it is the guitar, but it's his t- it's his it's that guitar in his hands. Mm-hmm. You know, his attitude, what he brought to to music, yeah. just like very unique guitar Best. player, very distinctive. You know, and also he sort of shows like, no, you don't have to play like a whole bunch of fast licks, right? To be fucking awesome. Exactly. Now Billy plays, you know, a couple of fast things here, but he's well, that's really not his gig. Uh, anyway, so that is it. What do you got? You got another one? I do. What do you got? Thanks for asking. Um, so, uh, for those people who are big fans of the blues, uh, you might know the name Rory Gallagher, a nice Irish boy. Ah, Rory Gallagher. Oh, sure. Ah, yes. Fucking asshole. Anyway, he owes me, he owes me money. Um, <laughs> all right. Luckily I have some shit written down cause it's all there. So Rory had a 1963 Stratocaster, um, played it around Ireland, blah, 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 blah. And then guess what happens, Lou? Just what like happened? you, just like you think will happen, it got stolen. Cause you know that mix, it take anything, it take anything isn't tied down. Wow. So the the guitar gets stolen, right? So uh, Rory and his band do like a little TV piece on it, like a little you know evening tonight on Evening Magazine. We're talking to Rory. Rory, what happened to your Stratocaster? You know one of those deals, right? So they show pictures and whatnot. Um, so. Like two, three, two or three weeks later, it's found abandoned in a ditch because everybody knew what this guitar looked like and it became too hot Uh. for the thieves to keep. So they just literally threw it in a ditch alongside the road and somebody found it. But uh, Rory got his guitar back very, I mean, boy, you talk about like uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan and how much his guitar lost its finish. Rory took it way down, all the way down to bare wood. It's pretty much bare. It's, yeah. It's there might be a sliver wood. of paint here and yep. there. Yep. But, yeah. oh my gosh. Oh, so it's my a, goodness. It's a 61 Fender Stratocaster. He bought it in 63 used. So okay. that's, so I just wanted to clarify that. 61 Strat. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have any kind of weird name. Um, no. Ditchy. 
<laughs> Found in a ditch. Well, we talked about that uh, Les Paul that uh, Jared James Nichols is playing that he found from a oh fucking rescue gosh, from a tornado. Yes, yes. That's fucking That's crazy, fantastic. dude. That's insane. That um, yeah, let's go. Let's, let's go I mean, you know, we're, we're, let's, this is the elephant in the room. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Uh, Eddie I Van Halen. Everybody heard you guys a guy named Eddie Van Halen? I ain't never saw that kind of guitar before. Uh, Van Halen's primary instrument from 77 to 83, known by such common monikers as Frankenstrat, uh-huh. or simply Ed's Baby, is perhaps oh. the most iconic and valuable guitar in modern history. It's a guitar most associated with Eddie Van Halen through his career, particularly the early years. Yes. Only rivaled by his Kramer 5150 and later Wolfgang models. Unlike later models, later contenders, the Frankenstrat was a true experiment that Ed personally modified and incrementally improved consistently over its six-year use as his primary guitar and even beyond its permanent retirement. Neck swaps, pickup swaps, swaps, bridge swaps were common uh, and sometimes even occurred on a day-to-day basis. Mm. Uh, uh, so this is the page there. This is from the page on Van Halen's website where they talk about his gear, Van Hay gear, mm-hmm. Van Halen gear. Um, so it's important to recognize that the Frankenstrat went through several stages of paint, uh, which lasted from merely days to over a year. Most notably, the guitar spent its early life from 79 to 77 to 79 is a clean and striking black and white stripe pattern, which caught on rather quickly and solidified Ed's image as a flashy guitar slinger. So um, there is a, um, I believe, a five watt world history of the Eddie Van Halen's yes. guitars that you can watch. Uh, in 79, frustrated by seeing copies of the stripe pattern on off the shelf guitars. He hastily uh, prepped, ta- uh, taped up, and added a layer of red paint to the guitar, transforming it into what we commonly know as the Frankenstrat today. Note that Ed had over a dozen red, white, black guitars during this time with Kramer, none of which were painted by him and are not to be confused with the Frankenstrat. Many newcomers, therefore, uh, seem to get uh, unrelated Kramer guitars confused with Ed's Frankenstrat or simply misunderstand the relationship between Ed and most of his guitars. Ed's Kramer guitars um, are documented separately. So, anyways, the thing has a natural ash body. There's a picture of him actually holding it like that. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's weird, you know, because it didn't always have a Floyd Rose on it. That came later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That came later. You know, there was no Floyd Rose when he started uh, that. You know, there's some great photos. If, so if you go to VanHalenGear.com backslash Frankenstrat, you can see some amazing photos <clears throat> of it. And they get into the weeds mm-hmm. uh, with it. But um, maybe did it start off as uh, black? Where's the picture right here from from seven from okay. February 77? Yeah. It's a 61 Stratocaster. Here he's changed the neck with it. It's got a different headstock. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just like refused to quit playing around with it. <laughs> well, I think it's really funny. Was it Fender that um, did a re like one of the first reissues? It might have been Fender, uh, and they went down to like <clears throat> at the at the bottom of his trim to keep it kind of in tune so it wouldn't bend all the way down. And you know, he had a quarter pounded into the into the body of the guitar. And it was a 1974 quarter, 
So when Fender, I think it was, I think it was Fender. I don't think it was uh, Charvel or Kramer or Kramer. Um, they versus actually, Kramer. They went out and f- versus Kramer. They actually. Went if you out. had two Kramers that were supposed to be uh, Eddie Van Halen guitars, you could right, have, like this one or this one. Be Kramer versus Kramer. Kramer, Kramer. Kramer, Kramer. I don't know how if anybody will get that joke, but go ahead. I know. Well, the people that listen to us, they get it. Um, but they, Fender or whoever the company was that did these reissues, actually went out and got a bunch of 1974 quarters to pound them into the body. I thought that was like, well, that's that's called attention, attention to, to detail. detail. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, that was famous about this guitar, and it really, I remember reading the uh, an interview, one of many interviewed constantly, uh, like at least once a year in mm-hmm. all the guitar magazines. He was on the cover, um, but when he came out, that no, those other two pickups, they're not even plugged in. Right. <laughs> you know, it's really like you know, it looks like something like you might, it like. Brian May built that guitar, right? And it looks mm-hmm. like a professionally built guitar. This is like, you know, like I'm going to build a guitar, but I don't really give a fuck. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, just as long as it plays good, I don't care, you yeah. know? Yeah, um, And that's really what, um, th- this guitar sort of pioneered this Super Strat thing. Yeah. It uh, pioneered the Floyd Rose, all that sort of thing. This is, this is what, one of the things that why Eddie was such, is such an influential guitarist to this day. Uh, was what he was him as his imagination is of what the guitar could mm-hmm, be could do mm-hmm. etc. Um, one of the things that I really um, uh, he said something one time in an interview and I was like I was waiting for somebody else to say this yeah. and he was like there's reason I only have one pickup he says because that's all I use because if I set the amp up for like the bridge pickup. Right. It's, and it sounds awesome when I go to the neck. It don't sound right anymore. Right. It totally yeah. changes. So, so I just stay on the line. But later on when he went to work with music man, so they changed it. They, they, they and they do stuff for the wiring and stuff to make yeah. it do what he wanted to do. Um, but I was like, you know what? I, I, you know, I always had the same problem. I get the amps on the way I liked it mm-hmm. on the bridge pickup. I go to the neck pick. I'm like, Ooh, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. What happened? So, um, yeah, yeah. But y'all, go ahead. There's a link. I put a link to it in the show notes that you may uh, indulge yourself yes. with all things Frankenstrat. Yes. But yeah, it was just a guitar. And it was that was Eddie. Um, he's one of the few people. Probably. Well, I mean, Clapton did that with buying the three. Bought the three guitars. Right. And kind of combined. And the combined. Best so of like, all three. you know, this is a thing that uh, guitarists do. And this is some of the one of the things that was so smart about Leo Fender. I think I started to say this before. Mm-hmm. Was that like he anticipated right this. Yes. About musicians that they would want to tinker. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that is why the Strat has a bolt on neck and all right. stuff like that, because it just makes it so much easier if you want to modify it. Exactly. Now that's uh, I, that's one of the things that Gibsons are much, much more difficult. Mm-hmm. You really got to know woodworking. And so exactly. you don't crack something the way it's yes. cracked and all kind of stuff, you know. You know, I mean, that's one of the cool things about the Strats. You you put the giant pick guard. So literally, on oh, now his guitar, he doesn't do it. Yeah, but you can put a, pick, a little bit for the knob. Yeah, <laughs> just that just holds the knob on. That's what's yeah, hilarious. And yeah. there's no selector switch. No. Yeah, no. you know. Actually, there is. See in the middle, pickup select uh, cavity there. It does absolutely nothing. It's just in there. He put it in there just to confound people, trying to figure out how he gets that sound. <laughs> that is the truth. He put Good, it in Mr. there. Mr. Pittsburgh, I'm yeah. so glad you were here yeah. to explain that. I, I missed it. And yeah. there's your quarter. Yep, there's the quarter. There's the quarter. Um, yeah, so the neat thing is <laughs> with the Stratocaster is you have that pick card that hides everything. So you can do all kind of stuff in there uh-huh. and uh-huh. just make it look neat and clean again. But exactly. no, Eddie's like, well, no, why? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yep. So, uh, the Frankenstrat. The Frankenstrat, everybody. Uh, do you have another one that you want to? Yes. Now, we talked about... Uh, we talked about Pearly Gates, and I said that might be the second famous, most famous Les Paul. You know what the first one is? No, I do not. Do you know what number one is? No. I just gave you the answer. Number one. Jimmy Page's number one. Yes. So Jimmy Page bought uh, 1959 Les Paul Standard, his first from a little fellow by the name of Joe Walsh. Guess how much he paid for it? Like, <sighs> it was a gift. It was gifted to him. No, he actually had to pay for $500. it. $500. $500. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. So um, that's another guy you forget. <coughs> Jimmy Page and G- uh, Jimmy Hendrix were contemporaries with Joe Walsh. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how ba- far back Joe Walsh and, and uh, exactly. Billy Gibbons go. Yeah. You know, yeah. they go way back. But go ahead. But uh, over the years, Page uh, gave uh, due credit to Eric Clapton for pairing up the Les Paul with the Marshall Amp. So, uh, obviously, he wanted to do that. Uh, bought this Les Paul. And it's basically been his number one. I mean, he's got the double. He had the, um, oh, what was it, Dan Electro. He played on a couple of things. He had the double neck uh, EDS 1275 Gibson double neck. But anytime you see, there it is. Look at that. There we go. We're pulling up pictures right now. But every time you see Jimmy Page, he's got this guitar, this beautiful sunburst, Les Paul. Um, you've seen the uh, documentary, Mike It Loud, yes? Uh, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, where at one point, it's uh, it's Jack Jack White. Um, Jimmy Page, The, the edge. edge. right? And each one will pick up their signature guitar and play it. And there's a point where Jimmy opens up the case and pulls out number one, plugs it in, and starts playing a whole lot of love. And they cut, the camera cuts over to Jack and the edge and just the look in their face yeah. because they realize this is Jimmy Page playing whole lot of love on that guitar yeah. and it's the best and we're, we're just like sitting on a couch next yeah. to him yeah. and it's the best it is. they are completely confounded I believe Edge gets up and walks over he does to him because he's so like you it's know like, yeah. he's so nerding it out it clicks right there because you know there are a couple of guys talking about guitar and then when, when, when Jimmy Page it's like, arrives it, it's like shit yeah. got real it did it did that's exactly what happened. and then you found out yeah yeah <laughs> That's too is a great scene because it really shows too that like, um, uh, you know, if in case anybody here in the movie was confused as to who the number one guy is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go, there you go. Yeah, it's a great scene. Here's your sign. Here's your sign. That is a great. I will go ahead and talk about Jimmy Page as well. The ah. guitar I picked because it just. You know, I could have picked number one. I did think sure, about that, but I'm sure, like, I already sure. Billy Gibbons with Pearly Gates. Uh huh. Uh huh. So I picked um, his '59 Fender Telecaster that oh. was given him by Jeff Beck. Now Jeff actually gave it to him. He gave it to him, all right. That fucking Joe Walsh had charged yeah, him. You know, Joe I'm Walsh. He's a businessman. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he was. I saw an interview with um, Tom Bukovac, um, who is a Nashville. Uh, guy at touring musicians just a lot of support work for other musicians mm-hmm. uh, he was a support uh art uh, uh guitarist for joe walsh okay he was playing with um brad paisley oh yeah he was okay. supporting brad paisley uh-huh. and he says yeah he says i got to hang out with joe and joe really liked me and asked me to go on tour and he says well you know i'm kind of playing with brad paisley and um so 
Joe, Joe was like, oh, that's cool, man. You know, whatever. And so Tom met with um, Brad, and he's like, <laughs> Brad's like, did you meet Joe Walsh? And he goes, yeah. He goes, he wants you to be in his band, doesn't he? <laughs> like, yeah. He goes, dude, yeah. you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. Um, but um, he says that he says that like Joe's really he's he's out there. He's really like, oh, yeah. he's, like he's really out there. But he's super nice guy. He's uh-huh. like really he's and he is a guitar player's guitar player. Oh yeah. Like he's just he's and he says that he has lockers and warehouses oh, all over God. Southern California full of, full of gear. He says he's got so much shit he just doesn't even know what he has. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine? You know, people are like looking for these guitars nobody can find. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, they're, 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 oh, oh yeah, Joe Walsh. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot I had that guitar. Yeah, there was and a. It, anyways, I should tell the story real yeah, quick. Yeah, go ahead. Um, um, anyways, um, so he got this uh, guitar in the tradition of. So, in the tradition of Robert Johnson, uh, his 59 Fender Telecaster was given him by Jeff Beck, who passed it on. Uh, as he pl- passed with on his gig with the Yardbirds. So what happened was in the Yardbirds, Jeff Beck wanted his buddy Jimmy Page to come on the road with him, mm-hmm. and Jeff Beck's manager said, Jimmy's going to take you out of the band. Like, you know that. Cause yeah. Jimmy's, like, very ambitious, and you mm-hmm. are, you you like to just, just get yeah. drunk and play guitar, and you yeah. don't give a fuck. <clears throat> so that's what happened was he didn't get let it get that far. I can't remember where they were, but he Jeff Beck just didn't get back on the bus. Right. That's what happened. Let's so Jimmy got the gig, and it was and the rest, as they say, the history. Uh, but uh, Jeff Beck delivered the guitar in a blue Corvette Stingray. Page uh, uh, practice. Uh, you know, this is really all over the place, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, model after the famous uh, guitar, uh, Page plucked, strummed, and bowed. Fender dropped the guitar uh, as part of Led Zeppelin's 50th anniversary. So what they're saying is, you can buy a mm. copy of it at this point. Dragon ca- Telecaster is really known. For Led Zeppelin One, uh, that's really where he played. This is something too that a lot of people don't realize, is that when they, um, when they, their first album, Page is not playing his number one Les Paul. Mm-hmm. He is playing um, this Telecaster. This um, man, I'm clicking every page except I want. So that's not the worst. My Telecaster page. There it is. It's over here. Where'd it go? Help me out. Help me out. Throw me a bone. There we are. There we, there are. we are. Okay, so, um, so there, so, That's all Telecaster, my friends. Yes. So that's all Telecaster. Also, through small amplifiers. Mm. The first two albums are recorded with primarily small amplifiers. Interesting. Um, He preferred that sound. Okay. End up going to the Marshalls because, well, there was the PA systems were right, crap. Right. So he had to be as loud as he could. They were playing giant yes, arenas yes. and stuff. And so that's why he became associated 
with the Marshall stack. Yes. But he played a lot of combo amps. Uh, when Paige first got the guitar, it was uh, undecorated in his factory, white blonde finish. The, uh, <clears throat> uh, but he, he, he got to the point where he wanted to um, turn the, make the guitar his own. Mm-hmm. Um, so he sat down, uh, added eight round mirrors to the body of the guitar to give it a kinetic element in 67. Um, that was, and he was modeling after sort of the fashion of that day, right, what was right. on women's clothes and jackets and things like that. Uh, 67, who had art school training, removed the mirrors, stripped the guitar down to bare wood and repainted it with iconic dragon design. Uh, Page partially painted over the striped 1959 tel- Telecaster uh, with darts and curls of a green, orange, and yellow, blue, red in a pattern that forms something like a swirling psychedelic dragon. It was featured on the Anderson Theater Show six, uh, Yardbird 68. Um, it was his main axe in Led Zeppelin when he got into the band. Um, and... They got their name because uh, Led Zeppelin was uh, there was different iterations before they actually became Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. and one of them was with John Entwistle and Keith Moon. Okay, and it was sort of going to be like a super group. Sure, with those guys as the rhythm section and Keith Moon. They made the joke that oh yeah, this would probably go down like, like Led, Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin. <laughs> so that's how they got the name. So it is this Telecaster that he that a lot of people have sort of forgotten. Right. That he used, but it is really important guitar. And Fender did, as as sort of implied here uh, in this article, has released a um, version of it. Nice. Surprisingly, you can find them on Reverb for about thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars. It's not really, like, yeah, yeah. It's no like I saw. I was looking oh, at one. Wow. I, I thought, you know, you scroll down, you're kind of waiting to look at the price because yep. you're like, yep. oh god, what's oh, it going to be? Here and go. it was like thirteen, not thousand, thirteen hundred bucks. Thirteen hundred bucks. Yeah, and it was like That's it was used, but. You know, why not? Interesting. You know, it wasn't bad. Very it wasn't, interesting. Wasn't ah, ah, ah. So, um, there's some we did not uh, get to meet. Uh, yeah. D- David Gilmore's Black Strat. Sure. Um, BB uh, King's Lucille. Sure. Is there any one you want to mention? Yeah, I have a couple. Of well, you do the last ones. Well, you round out with yours. Uh, honorable mention. We got uh, Zach Zach Wilde's Bullseye Les Paul. Uh huh. Sure. Uh, Nino, uh, Nino, Jesus, Nuno Benacourt's, uh, Washburn, Washburn, Washburn and four. Like the, like the wash, yeah. wait a minute, the Washburn, uh, supremacy. Exactly. Right. I just, well, I was another one. I just, I just rewatched the, the, the born, the first born movie. The first born movie. Uh, Lita Ford's double neck BC rich. Remember that? I do. Michael Anthony got a couple of bases here. Michael Anthony's Jack Daniel bass. We've got Paul McCartney's Hofner violin bass. Uh, Aldo Nova's hockey stick headstock Les Paul. There you go. Oh, here's an oldie but a goodie. Bo Diddley's Gretsch G6138 cigar box guitar. Remember that? I I knew you remember that. Yeah. And uh, my last honor... (laughs) My last honorable mention. There you go. You look just like her, too. My last one is the Randy Rhodes Jackson Offset Flying V. So there you go. A couple of honorable mentions for our show today. Yes. Uh, very iconic guitar. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of photos with him. Yep. There is the, the thing is, he was, he was famous for such a short period of time. It made such a big impact. So there isn't really as much 
video mm-hmm. and know. photos of him I as know. we would like. Yeah. Uh, every once in a while, I've had uh, I had somebody who was a fan of the podcast many many years ago email me like three photos that nobody had ever seen of Randy Ooh, Rhodes. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. She was on. She she like sort of followed the band around on tour, like on that first mm-hmm. tour. Yeah, and she got, you know, she Very was kind of, cool. at the time she was a young kid and like sure. trying to get into photography. Yep. You know. I'll take some pictures. <laughs> See, that was exactly, that's exactly what she did, you know. Take some pictures of these nice guys. That's out. Yeah. Hmm. Um, there you go. So these are some great guitars. You should check them, you know. You know, they become like, and you know, I think I made the comment about Billy Gibbons, but, you know, that's what they are. They're in the hands of these of these masters, and the mm-hmm. gu- finding the right guitar, right, Kevin, is yeah, like, yeah. is so much part of what a guitar player does. And many guitar players become associated with primarily one kind of, one guitar. Right. You, you know, you, you know, Eric Clapton, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Jimi Hendrix. We, like, we didn't talk about Hendrix because Monterey Strat. Right. I had that on the list. We yeah, didn't get yeah. to it. Um, but those guys, you think Stratocaster immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, you think of uh, uh, um, Jimmy Page, Slash, you know, right away. Right, right. Uh, even, 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 what's his name? Pa- Joe Perry. Right. It's really associated yep. with the last ball. Yep. Him and Brad Whitford are really associated with mm-hmm. Gibson big mm-hmm. time. Uh, you, uh, Joe Bonamassa, Les oh, Paul. Yeah. You know, he, again, plays a lot of different guitars, but he's primarily associated yep, yep. with that guitar. <clears throat> um, Santana, Paul Reed Smith. Yes. He, Santana played Les Paul. He played Yamaha guitars. Yes, I remember But he that. really did so, settle on the Paul Reed Smith. Yeah, that's, and that's yeah. the guitar that he's been playing since the late 80s. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. Paul Reed Smith. Um, which we didn't even really talk about any Paul Reed Smith guitars. We didn't, get, we, didn't get, we didn't talk about that. But, um, so... You fall into something that, that just mm-hmm. seems to suit you. Fits you. I mean, even guys that aren't really known for their guitar playing, like Springsteen and that natural finish uh, Telecaster of his. Right. Like, you know. Like oh, there's, you could, there's a whole story behind that. That's, that actually You couldn't was see re- him without any, you know what I mean? Like, Anything you couldn't see him with any yeah, other guitar. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. It'd be hilarious if he came on with, like, a rich bitch or something. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Warlock. <laughs> but uh, that particular guitar was actually a studio guitar, and if you take that pick guard off, it's like routed out like crazy because they had all kind of different pickups and stuff like that. Uh, but when he decided he that was his guitar, they just they put the pick guard on, made it look very conventional. But uh, yeah, again, Springsteen Telecaster. Yeah, yeah. So that's you know, um, Prince's Cloud guitar. So here, here's that's one. Inter- here's one for you. Guitar. Here's one for you. Yes, the cloud guitar, but his Telecaster. Oh, right? his, tele- his Telecaster is badass too. Yeah. What is it? What do you mean? What is it? What brand is it? The Charvel. No. Kramer. No. You'll oh, never right. guess. I'll tell you. It's a Honer. A German-made. It's a Homo. No. <laughs> it's not. No. But it's a Honer. I'm gonna have to start bleeping myself. Yeah, you are. <laughs> But yeah, because I'm like, oh, I, I look at it, I'm like, it's not a Fender. What is that? But it was a Honer, which is a German-made guitar. Same thing. Very famous. Well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So there is some major fucking music that's been coming out, and I want to talk a little bit about it. Yes. About it? About it? About it. Please I want do. to talk about it. A little Please Come do. in, church. Y'all know, I, I, we mentioned Martin Miller a couple of times. Oh, yes. Love that guy. On the podcast, um, but he's gone ahead and released his own music. Yes, now. yes. So this is uh, something from that. 
Give us a listen. Subdivisions. <laughs> so, this is the song called, the song is called Something New. At Ibanez Product Placement. <laughs> that is the keyboard player that plays in his band and the, oh, on the cover band. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's released two songs now on this, mm-hmm. and what my what you know I hear a lot of stuff. Like I hear a lot of progr- classic progressive bands. I uh, hear you know Kansas and a Rush oh, and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but what it really kind of reminds me of is just like if Toto would kind of let go of their like doing their pop song structures, uh-huh. really just play the just, way they can yeah. play. I think that they they would sound like this. And that's him singing. He's got a great fucking voice. Yeah, he's voice. a really good voice. We got to check out the solo. Really copped Alan Holdsworth's kind of tone, mm-hmm. you know. Doesn't not really playing in that style, but like definitely really kind of get, grabbing that. I mean, his singing is just like, like freaking like. Oh yeah. I mean, it's so good. Uh, but they, he's got a, he's got two songs out. Um, uh, what I'm t- t- teetering around with on the podcast is maybe making this part of the podcast like a bigger part of the podcast. Right, so where we actually play, mm-hmm. like some of the stuff that we found. Yeah, and, yeah. Cool. Do you have anything for this week? Uh, I don't. I was just looking through my uh, watch history, and I'm like, was there? I thought there was something I wanted to mention, but no. Well, really. I'm gonna go ahead then, and I'm going to share another one. Okay, you go right um, ahead. Because there's uh, so. Um, uh, I don't want watch. Is this on my watch? Hey. Oh, that's funny. I I have the same one. What your electric guitar says about you, because <laughs> it was true. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, 
Oh, no, no, it's in saved. Sorry, liked videos. Not, I'm like, no, watch later. You okay. silly rabbit. Uh, White Snake oh, yes. just released yes. a song. I'll give you a second of it. Okay. It's okay. I'm glad that he's sort of embracing his vocal range. Uh huh. That's where he's. That's his vocal range now. He's in a, like a lower range. Yep, it yep. sounds good. It's soulful. Yeah, it's husky. Yeah, it exactly. sounds all right. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm. I. I. You know, Robert Plant did that too. That's why, like, mm-hmm. everybody was like, when he came out with his solo work in the '80s, people were like, like it doesn't sound anything like Um, a few. Um, a couple of months ago, I believe Lily mentioned this band, but this uh, is a, a song that they just released. This is a band called Crown Lands. Okay. L- Lady of the Lake. Okay, this band is like um, Tenacious D. It's like two guys. Um, the singer is the drummer, and then there's the guitar player. There's just the two. Okay. Yeah, that, that's their thing. <clears throat> but it's like the video. <laughs> I was like, are you guys trying to get in the new uh, Lord of the Rings well, series? Exactly. Or? I was like, <laughs> do you think that beard is real? Um you know, the, I was waiting for like you know Frodo to come b- bounding yeah. out of the woods, um, or whatever. Um, I think it's a great song. I think it's jam. It's uh, very much owes a lot to Led Zeppelin. I, oh you know, yeah, yeah I will. I will say that. You know what I mean? Led Zeppelin has not gone away. It's like turned into these guys and uh-huh. Greta Van Fleet. And, yep. You yep. know, uh, Rival Sons <clears throat> has been putting out some new stuff lately. Yes, yes. That is really good too. So let's take a quick. Uh, Rival Sons. There you go. They got a. They got some new ones here. Okay. Six days ago. Okay, there you go. Bird in the hand. No, it's worth two in the bush. Bird in the bush. (laughs) 
So they've progressed a bit in their songwriting and their sound. When I first heard this, I was like, oh no, they turned into um, the Lumineers or one of right, those, like, right, um, right. you know, uh, banjo playing, yeah. you know, pipes. Like Scott Holiday and um, and uh, Les Claypool should start a band together because they look like <laughs> they twin look, brothers. Yeah. <laughs> now it's cranking okay, up. Here we go. Of doubled lead vocal. It's a very distinctive oh, sound. John Lennon was very famous for that. Yeah. I'm just getting mad surprised by the music and forgetting I'm doing I know, a podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're doing a podcast, aren't we? Uh, really cool. Wow. Um, the, 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 I mean, like, that's really good. It's like they've grown, but they're still the rival mm-hmm. sons. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They don't sound... Exactly. They're not doing, this, they're not doing Electric Man, you know, right, all over right, again. Right, right, it's, right. It's, it's really cool. Their albums all have a progression to them, too. They're all, you know, a little bit different. They go try to go in a little bit different directions. Um, I wonder sometimes that, like... How much of that is conscious? Like, well, we want to go in this direction, so let's make right. it. Or how much or of it is just, just like, like these songs just sound like they should be played this way. Exactly. Or I'm, I'm, you know, I got kind of tired of writing Led Zeppelin riffs. I want uh-huh. to do something yeah, a little bit different. This. Just to yeah, try a little yeah. bit different, you know what I mean? Uh, as opposed to like, um, you know, a, a conscious like marketing decision or whatever uh-huh. Uh-huh. to do something different, you know. Um, but that's just a little uh, few tastes of some of the amazing music. Yes. Um, that is out there. There's great music out there. Absolutely. Um, let me take a quick look. Where are we in time? We're three hours in. <laughs> no. Uh, we're, we're probably going to wrap up. Uh, one of the things, though, and maybe uh, if you could think of a good way we could turn this into a podcast. Yes. Maybe we should do the pros. Like I want Because I asked a question today on the group. I was like, should classic oh, yeah. bands release, yeah. bother releasing tour, yeah. releasing the you music, thinking, or suggest like, tour yeah. on their hits? Yeah. And maybe we should do like a pros and cons of each. Okay. Okay, that's a good idea. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it, I, I, I was doing that in my head when I read that. And it's I'm a like, legitimate oh. question. Yeah. You know, um, so anyways, well, we'll talk about, you know, would people even care? Would they even, would people even want to hear that? I mean, yeah. Do they want to hear You know, do they just, you know, play your hits, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, it's, you know, we'll talk about it. Yeah, um, we'll talk. Something we can talk about. So, anyways, guys, um, 
Let me see if there's anybody. I think that I might be... We are just going to do this today. Just the birthdays? We're just going to throw out some, some birthdays. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the Beatles did a lot of great stuff. Of course they You did. know what I mean? They're, the Beatles are awesome. But we're going to just throw out some... Ah, uh, boy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Neville Staples. Oh. English singer Neville Staples sang with the specials. Have the number one ki- uh, ki- hit, uh, Ghost Town. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday. Stuart Adamson, vocalist, songwriter, Stuart Ab- Ab- Adamson, from mm-hmm. the Skids. Happy birthday. Nigel Pulsford from the band Bush. Ooh, Bush. Bush. Uh, Lisa Stansfield. Oh, yes. I've been around the world and mm-hmm, now yeah, mm-hmm, I can't mm-hmm. find my baby. Happy birthday, Happy Lisa. birthday, Lisa Stansfield. 1966. Yes. That was a good year. Uh, Ceres Matthews. Mm. Uh, alternative rock band Catatonia. Uh, Delroy Pearson. Oh, my. Um, from 19... Happy birthday. Oliver. Oh, just Oliver. 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 From the band Rammstein. Oh, yeah, that's right. J.D. Fresh. Oh, DJ Fresh. D- no, not JD. That's his brother. Uh, Tom Thacker <clears throat> from <throat> Sum 41. Sure. The really wonderful soul singer who... There's been a few years... A, a few uh, times... It looked like there were different ladies coming after Bonnie Raitt's crown. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, Even Anna Popovic was kind of right, like go, right. going in that thing. Yes, I yes. think I think the, the person that ended up sort of superseding Bonnie Raitt has been Susan Tedeschi with her husband. Yes. Okay. Yes. But one of those people that I think was kind of in that running was Joss Stone. Yes. I'm mean, not saying anything about it. She's awesome. But, you know, not there's not every, pop stardom is in, we're not all, not everybody's going to be destined for that. Exactly. American singer-songwriter, uh, Summer Walker, yeah. Okay, yeah, so we're just going to say happy birthday to a few folk, All those folks. a few folk out there. Sure. Um. Okay, so next week I think we're going to try to turn this into something with the uh, classic band yeah, release pros cons of of them. Yeah, really, yeah, really. I already have thoughts. I already have some thoughts. Well, anyways, guys, uh, Ludini Rock and Roll Circus dot com. Go check it out. All kind of cool shit there, including shit. merchandise. Get access to our uh, private Facebook group so you could understand the conversation Mr. Pittsburgh and I were just having a minute ago. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, uh, yes. online. Go uh, check them out for uh, amazing custom artwork done on your musical instrument. A lot of these guitars uh, have that. One of the guitars we didn't talk about was Eric Clapton's, I'm making air quotes, yeah. Les Paul, that was actually, we call an SG. Oh, yeah. That he played yes. with Cream for a while right, that had the right. psychedelic artwork all yes. over it. Um, but yeah, custom artwork done by the man himself, Chris Thunderwolf Dotson. Um, and uh, Rock Rage Radio, download the free app and listen to us. It's for free. It's free. It's for free. Hell yeah. But yeah, free app, a lot of great programming. Um, uh, Angel, a- Angela Green, as mm-hmm. well as uh, Lily V6, all sure. kind of cool people. So check that out, Rock Rage Radio, download the free app. Um, guys, thanks for uh, hanging out and wasting, you know, an hour or so of your life with us. We do yeah. appreciate that. You know, we don't take that lightly. Actually, we don't give a fuck. But um, we, well, we yeah, exactly. But we as don't long take as you're it lightly. Here. <laughs> don't give a fuck, but we don't take. It we lightly. take not giving a fuck pretty goddamn seriously. Hell's yeah. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to add, Mr. Pittsburgh, before nah, we get to that's it. Here? I think, uh, you know, uh, this coming week I'm going to go through my DVDs again and see if I can find some uh, some uh, documentaries or something that might uh, interest our listening audience. 
I'll give you an update next week. All right, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out. We'll catch you all on the next Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Yeah.